Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Ars Cats. Coming up on this show, a blog chat with Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com. We've got a tale of the unexpected, a player history. We find out who won the shirt and more. So stay tuned. Welcome to another action-packed Arscast. It's uh, Friday morning. Hope we find you in good spirits. And uh, if it's not Friday morning when you're listening to this, just pretend it is. That way it doesn't sound out of date. Get me? All right. As I said, coming up, we'll be talking to Gilberto Silver from Gunner Blog about the week's goings-on. Obviously, that includes uh, Gilberto's departure, Kleb's departure, uh, maybe some possible arrivals. Who knows what we'll be chatting about? Uh, There is a tale of the unexpected and a player history from the man in the bar uh, and our competition from last week to win a home shirt. I'm very sorry I have to tell you this. I might as well get this out of the way uh, straight away. Uh, Despite all your entries, there is no home shirt to give away. Uh, I'll explain uh, a bit more a little bit later on. So, uh, since the last Arscast, what has been happening? Well, the main thing, well, apart from the things we're going to talk about in the future, but uh, the main thing is that we signed someone. Last Friday morning, it was announced on Arsenal.com that Samir Nasri was now an Arsenal player. Hurrah! At last! I wasn't worried. Were you worried? I know some people were a little bit worried that it hadn't been announced, but uh, it was all down to Marseille wanting to balance the books or whatever it was that they wanted to do. Uh, But it was all signed, sealed and delivered uh, well before that. So he becomes an Arsenal player. We still don't know what what shirt he's going to wear, do we? Have we got a clue? I should check that. Right, I just went and checked and uh, yeah, he's going to wear number eight which seems like a perfectly acceptable number for Samir Nasri uh, to wear. Uh, Still some spare numbers going. Number 13, anyone want 13? A number of great pedigree and and history at Arsenal football. No, nobody wants 13, do they? I don't think so. Uh, So that's that. So Nasri's in. uh, Hleb and Gilberto out. Gilberto will come to in a little while. Hleb gone to Barcelona. We got £12 million. I think that's very good business by us. Uh, We got a player that really wasn't interested in playing for Arsenal anymore. I think his comments at the start of the summer, uh, both his and through his agent, uh, made that very clear. He got to Barcelona. The first thing he did was say, I love this club, and then get photographed kissing the badge of Barcelona. Come on, man. Seriously. And uh, I'm sure you've all seen the pictures by now of uh, Thierry Henry at the press conference where they unveiled Kleb. Uh, and the look on his face was quite priceless. It was sort of like, oh, not this cunt again. So Arsene Wenger uh, said of Fleb, of he said, we're comfortable with our decision uh, to let him go, and we're all looking forward to continuing our preparations for the new season ahead. Very rare that Arsene says something like that. 
Uh, and it's very much, uh, well, we wash our hands of you. Uh, he did frustrate fans, though. Over the course of his Arsenal career, uh, we expected more from him. I don't think we were wrong to expect more from somebody with, with that kind of technical ability. So to try and discover the reasons why Kleb had this problem, why he just couldn't shoot, I'm joined by clinical psychologist Dr. Ernest Vanderbilt Ryman Hyman. Doctor, uh, welcome to the Arscast. So, Dr. Vanderbilt Ryman Hyman, um, Alexander Kleb, as we all know, is a very talented footballer, very gifted, technically excellent, uh, close control, dribbling skills, but he couldn't produce the goals uh, that Arsenal fans wanted in his three years at the club. And it was a source of immense frustration. Um, it didn't match up with his technical ability. We, we've asked you to look into Alexander Kleb and, and to come up with some sort of theory behind it. What have you What have you found? It's a very interesting question, and one that doesn't have a very easy answer, like yes or no or yellow. Uh, I think what we have here is a man suffering from a trauma, uh, probably in his childhood that manifests itself in his adult life, whenever he is presented with a chance in front of the goal. Um, I've studied the evidence that you sent through to me, and I have reached a hypothesis and my theory uh, on this is, of course, uh, that Alexander Slem, when he was a child, had an incident with Spider-Man. Yes, Spider-Man. If we look at the net on the football pitch, it's quite obvious that it looks like a web, a spider's web, the kind of web that Spider-Man uh, would have created with his spidey powers. And our further research on Wikipedia led me to the fact that Alexander Slem is afraid of clowns. And my hypothesis... My theory on all this is that when Alexander Clem was a young boy, running around Minsk like a little scamp, Spider-Man arrived in the town, and in the style of John Bray Gacy, dressed up as a clown, they captured Alexander Clem in his net, in his web. So every time, now as an adult, Alexander Clem sees the football net, it reminds him of the web that the clown Spider-Man captured him in and probably raped him. Well, I have to say that sounds fairly reasonable to me. Dr. Ernest Vanderbilt Reimenheimen, thank you very much. You're very welcome. So, a fascinating insight into the world of Alexander Kleb, and should the good doctor's hypothesis be true, it begs the question, why would Spider-Man, who's already wearing a costume, why would he dress up as a clown? I just can't think of any good reason, really. Okay, well, moving on, it's uh, time to have a chat about the rest of the week's news with Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com. Hello there. Hello. How has your summer been? It's been uh, very good, very good. Uh, On the Arsenal front, it's been kind of detached, more so than usual. I I found it pretty exhausting, all these transfer rumours, and they've dragged on so much, some of the stories, that I've sort of ceased to be emotionally involved in them. Um, one of one of the long running stories, uh, obviously, was Alexander Kleb, and he's gone to Barcelona. He's kissed the badge. Uh, we got twelve million pounds. What do you think? Are you happy? Well, like Arsene Wenger, I am comfortable with our decision to let him go. I thought that was a really <laughs> funny thing to say. Uh, very unlike Arsene, in fact, uh, to be quite so cutting uh, in his goodbye to a player. But I am. Um, I couldn't really care less, to be honest. Well, that's (laughs) fair (laughs) enough then. Fair enough. I just think, uh, you know, when I think of Claire, I I try and think of some sort of 
significant memory or some sort of impact he made on the club in three years. And I don't really think there is any. Do you know what my abiding memory of Flair is? It's the Champions League final. And right. I expected him to be taken off uh, when Lehman was sent off. Yeah. And I remember looking yeah. at him I, I, on the pitch and going, oh, he's, you know, that's... That's bad luck, but uh, it wasn't him, it was Perez. And that's yeah, sort of my abiding that. memory of Fleb, really. Yeah, the injustice. Yeah. I, I guess I, I I will always remember just my general frustration with Fleb. Like, I mean, it's, it's not a specific thing, but the overriding feeling that one has when thinking about him is of a player who just fell short at, at so many opportunities. I mean, so close so close to being a really genuinely great player, um, but just missing something, something psychologically in his makeup that just prevented, I think will prevent him ever really being a great star. And I, I don't know who Barcelona think they've bought, but it's it's not the fabled white Ronaldinho. No, I mean, certainly technically, I mean, he's, he's, he's brilliant, really, really good. So, I mean, the problem with him is, is definitely in his head or yeah. his attitude, or his uh, confidence, or lack of confidence, whatever. But anyway, he's gone, and we've got £12 million, and Samir Nasri, um, who has a better goal-scoring record than Kleb, and I think will probably play in, in the same sort of position. Well, I think that Nasri, he's younger, um, has a slightly better goal-scoring record, certainly seems to have more about him, more confidence uh, in an attacking sense and a greater willingness to shoot from range. I think that he's a perfect replacement um, in Arsenal's mind, and that's why Arsenal isn't too fast to see Clem go for, for almost identical money. I think that, uh, if anything, you know, we, we might have a player who can improve the side. I don't think it would have been a bad thing to keep Clem as a squad player, but he wanted to go, so so be it. Okay, another one who, who wanted to go was um, Adi Bayor. And he's uh, looks unlikely that he's going to get a move to AC Milan as they've just bought mm-hmm. Ronaldinho. Uh, what, what happens at Barcelona? I suppose all depends on what happens with Eto and the whole lot. But um, again, given how many players Barcelona bought already this summer, um, you might think that their business is more or less closed. Uh, what's it going to be like for him if he has to stay at Arsenal? It's going to be a bit uncomfortable, surely. I think it's going to be tough for him because if we can assume that the, that the club, Arsenal, were willing to negotiate over a sale with the likes of Milan, albeit at, at Adebayo's request, uh, that shows that there has obviously been a major breakdown between the club and the player, the manager mm. and the player, and that in the heads of all parties, him leaving has been a genuine possibility. Now, for that to be the case, there must have been contingency plans other players looked at um, and if it all falls through and he ends up staying uh, it's going to be very tough for him especially you know he's a player who always had a, a great relationship with the fans and that's been completely vanquished uh, this summer and I think rebuilding that kind of trust that kind of confidence uh, is going to be pretty tough I don't think you know people compare it to Anelka and I don't think it's quite on the same scale. I don't think it's like had Anelka stayed. I mean, I don't think Anelka could have stayed. I think there is a way back for Adebayor, but it is a very, very long way back. 
it's going to take hard work because even on the back of a 30-goal season, there are pockets of fans who weren't convinced by him uh, at all. So, um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. difficult. Let, let's uh, talk about somebody, obviously, that uh, has a little bit of a connection with you, Gilberto Silva. Indeed. Um, uh, the connection is, of course, you stole his name and bastardized it. That's that's pretty yeah. much as far as it goes. Yeah, but uh, exactly. he's going to go to Panathinaikos, and I don't know what can you say about Gilberto, a proper professional, and I, I think we got five really good years out of him. Yeah, quality player, and and I have to say, I was starting to think he might start the season as first choice in the side. I was thinking, you know, he came in at the very back end of last season when Flamini was injured and uh, impressed me a lot. You know, he hadn't played well all year, but when he gets a little run in the side, he, he, he's tended to do well. Um, obviously, he's only got a year left on his contract and he's getting a three-year deal from Panathinaikos with, with decent money. He'd be the highest paid player in Greece, apparently. So you can see the incentives for him to go out there, the security, Champions League football, regular football. But I thought he might be in a shot um, of uh, replacing... Flamini, but uh, evidently not. Evidently, Arsene has another idea. I can't see it being someone who's already in the squad. I think there must be something else on the horizon, but I think we have to all wish Gilberto the best. He's been a, a fantastic servant, and it's hard to think that just a year ago he was expected to be named captain of the mm. club. That's a very good point as well, and considering uh, how disappointing that must have been for a man to lose his place. You know, the way he conducted himself last season was a, a real credit to him. Uh, and I think it's probably something that a lot of uh, a lot of the younger pros could learn from. It is, and I think if you look at it, I mean, we talked about the club and the other bylaws, but in contrast, Gilberto is an absolute, he is a, a, a beacon of model professionalism, really, in a, in, a, in a league where that kind of thing is, those kinds of qualities are quite absent in the foreign particularly in the foreign players. Mm. Like you say, uh, Gilberto's departure really does leave a big hole in the squad in central midfield, and we do have options, but uh, I don't think there's anybody outstanding uh, to, to slot in alongside Sesk. So you've got probably a situation where we're going to look at buying somebody. Two names that have cropped up uh, in the in the last week or so are, are Gareth Barry uh, and Xabi Alonso. So there could be a little bit of, I don't know, incestuous stuff going on here with Liverpool wanting to buy Barry but needing to sell Alonso uh, in order to fund that deal. Um, either of those, would they tickle your fancy at all? Well, they're both very good players. They both are sort of in the 26, 27 age brackets or in the peaks of their careers. They wouldn't require a huge transitional period because they've got Premier League experience. Um, they're, they're both wonderful. You know, they can pass the ball very well, particularly Alonso. Barry scores his fair share of goals, though most are penalties. Um, but I have some concerns about them. I'm just not sure they have the kind of... The, the key thing about Flamini that improved our side was the, the stamina and the harrying and the hassling energy, that kind of tigerish work rate. And I haven't seen... Barry and Xabi Alonso, I think, operate at a slower pace. They're very intelligent, very intelligent with their positioning on the pitch. But I wonder if we need someone with just a bit more uh, up and at him, a bit more spark, you know, a more traditional ball winner alongside Sesk. Are there any names? No. That's I'm thinking thing. some sort of, you know, Frenchman of African descent who I've never heard of uh, <laughs> would, would fit the bill. But uh, I don't know if that's what we'll get or not. The other thing about those two is that they're pretty expensive, especially Barry. Yeah. And I, whilst I can see Liverpool, sorry, Villa, 
doing a deal with us, maybe at a lower price than they would with Liverpool, because I know they're pretty irked about uh, the way Liverpool have gone about it. And I could see something, you know, 12, 13 million quid plus Justin Hoy or something like that, maybe maybe getting Barry away from the, from uh, Benitez's clutches. But I still think I'd be surprised to see Wenger spend more than £10 million on a player. I mean, Juventus had just bought Christian Poulsen from Sevilla for um, £8 million, and that was a good buy. I, I, I was quite surprised if we were in the market that, that maybe we weren't sniffing around that one. Um, I think that kind of price range is more what Wenger's going to be looking at. But, you know, I, I remain open to be surprised. Well, there's still six weeks to go until the close of the transfer window. Hell of a long time. Exactly. Long time. And seeing as we tend to do uh, most of our business on the 31st of August, uh, there's uh, plenty of time to not get stressed between now and then. It's amazing, though, that... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, central midfield was the one area of the squad you would have thought was absolutely jam-packed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, at the start of last year, you had Fabregas, Nielsen, Diaby, Gilberto, Flamini, Diara, and those last three, who were all sort of traditionally sort of holding midfield players, have all left in the space of 12 months. It's remarkable, and it, I wonder how much that is down to the fact that we'd collected all these midfield players and there just weren't enough places in the team for them all. And, you know, as a result, we've lost... I mean, there are other factors, but we've lost them. And uh, you almost feel like we should have made an investment in one and sort of stuck with it. Because any one of those three probably could have done the job had we been like, right, we're going to... You're the first choice. We're going to give you a big contract from day one and start with it. As it is, we need something new. Uh, but I'm sure Van Gogh pulled something out of the bag. Too many cooks have spoiled the broth, it seems. All right. Uh, oh, it's the broth. Yes. Uh, thanks very much, Gilberto Silva from GunnerBlog.com. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. So, Gilberto Silva, not silver, we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes' time and some more details about the shirt competition. Uh, I'll tell you what's happening there and why it happened and how it happened, etc., etc. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that. Now, though, uh, player history with the man in the bar? Yes. It was a terribly emotional moment for me, I have to say, because the doctor came over and put his hand on my shoulder. And he took a deep breath and he said, He's gone. And at first I really couldn't believe it, you know. It's just such a, an overwhelming sensation. And I said, Are you sure? And he said, Absolutely. 
I'm a doctor. I was just on the internet, and I saw the pictures of Alexander Cleve in Barcelona. He's gone! Oh, happy days as I. Thanks very much, doctor. I'll come back in to get that cream for me old, you know, what's it? That me gooch. You know, it's, it's an awful place to get a rash. But anyway, that's the main thing. It's that Alexander Kleb is gone. And this week we can do our player history all about Eddie McGoldrick. No, Alexander Kleb. That's what it is. Now, Alexander Kleb was born in Belarusia. But it wasn't Belarusia then. It was just the Soviet Union. You see. And not many people know this. But his father was entirely responsible for the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. They were sitting there and someone said, Oh, sweet, holy Jesus, or whatever sort of god they pray to in Russia. We think his name is Rara Rasputin, or something like that. So they're going, Oh, sweet, holy Rara Rasputin, we're on the verge of a nuclear meltdown. Only one man can save us. It's old Arthur Kleb over there, and all he needs to do is to push that button. Go on, push the button there, Arthur. Push it. Go on. But he couldn't. He worked himself into a great position to push the button, but he couldn't do it, and then should arrest his history. You know, there's mutants and fallout and all kinds of things. So anyway, Alexander Kleb joined Arsenal in 2005 from Stuttgart. And the first time I saw him, I said, Jesus, there's a tricksy little bastard. Look at the skills he's got. This fellow could turn out to be very good for us. And while there's no doubting his ability on the ball, his dragbacks and shimmies and shakes and dropping the shoulder and the whole lot, it's very difficult to say that he was an unqualified success for us. Or even a qualified success. Or even a part-time success, for that matter. He scored ten goals in three seasons. And for a guy playing either as a support striker or as a winger, that was, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Shite. So it was. So I certainly won't miss him. And I won't miss his face. And those strange ones he pulls when he's playing football. Sort of like the face you might have if someone told you to go and lick the shite off a leper's arsehole. Nowadays, Alexander Kleb is in Barcelona. He's probably going around the place trying to forget that Thierry Henry hates him. It's true. So while not too many people will miss Alexander Kleb, I think Gilberto Silva uh, will be a different matter altogether. He joined in 2002, not long after Arsblog started. Uh, he wasn't the first... Arseblog signing, so to speak. That was Pascal Sigan. <clears throat> uh, but Gilberto joined in 2002 after the World Cup. Scored on his debut in the Community Shield. Uh, scored the fastest ever Champions League goal. He's played 244 games for Arsenal uh, since he joined in 2002. Uh, let's remember as well that he spent a lot of time out injured one season. Not last season, season before last. Uh, season before the season before last. Or whatever. A little while ago, uh, with a very serious back injury, uh, he was in a back brace, and there were uh, very genuine concerns about his career uh, at that time. Uh, the season that Henri left, he took over as uh, captain on the pitch. He led by example. He scored more goals that season than I think he's ever scored in any season. And last summer, I think, was uh, obviously a, a big disappointment to him. With Henri having left, um, I think most people, including myself, thought that he would be made captain. Instead, Arsene, in his uh, wisdom, and I have to say it's still one of the strangest decisions he's ever made, uh, is to make William Gallas captain. 
Uh, Gilberto was uh, away for some international duty, Copa America, I think it was. And when he came back, he found his place in the team had been taken by Matthew Flamini, who kept his place in the side on merit. Uh, his performances last season were very good. Gilberto obviously wasn't happy, not only at not being uh, a captain, but losing his place in the team after being so vital the season before. Um, he didn't sulk. He just kept working hard in training, took his chances when they came. Got into the side towards the end of the season. Scored a goal against Reading. Uh, but it was fairly obvious that Arsene Wenger wasn't counting on him uh, for the season ahead. He's going to go to Greece. He's got a three-year contract out there. He's going to be well paid. Uh, and I think he deserves a, a good send-off from Arsenal fans. I think it was quite telling. The difference between uh, the goodbye or the, the news on Arsenal.com about the Hleb departure where we said, Arsene Wenger said we're very comfortable about about Hleb's departure. When we're talking about Gilberto, they mentioned the huge contribution uh, he made to the club, both on and off the pitch. He was a model professional. I hope, I really hope that a number of our uh, younger players learned from him instead of learning from some other characters in the squad uh, whose example is nowhere near as good as his. I hope he has a fine time in Greece. I hope he enjoys the weather. I hope he enjoys his football. And well done to him, and thanks very much for everything uh, since he joined the club in 2002. So good luck to Gilberto. So as we spoke about with Gilberto Silver a few minutes ago, um, his departure does leave a bit of a hole in the uh, in the midfield uh, with no Flamini, with no Diarra, with no Gilberto. There's no obvious defensive midfielder. Now, um, I don't think Arsene Wenger would have let Gilberto go unless he had something else lined up. Uh, I think he's probably decided who it is he wants. I think he he knows that he can probably get them. Uh, because he spoke about the squad lacking experience, and, and I don't think he would have let Gilberto go if he didn't have somebody else lined up. So I think we're going to get a signing in central midfield. Who it might be is a good question, whether it might be Xabi Alonso, Gareth Barry, a name we've not heard of, somebody we have heard of but we haven't been linked with. I don't know who it's going to be, but I would put money on us signing a central midfielder, which is good because we need one, and we need an experienced central midfielder. We need a quality player with experience, somebody that isn't going to take six months to adapt. So I think the signing will come from England. So I think it's going to be interesting, particularly as we've got Barnett on Saturday. There'll be questions asked of Arsene Wenger, I'm sure. Uh, it's traditional, isn't it? You get these little snippets of information from preseason where he'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, there. I'm looking at somebody. But he's got to be looking uh, at a central midfield player, uh, and I'm looking forward to see who that might be. Uh, Barnett on Saturday, our first preseason friendly. Saturday, that's tomorrow. How awesome is that? Some football again. Uh, Aaron Ramsey is in the squad, as is Carlos Vela. Uh, so that's going to be cool to see those two guys involved and just good to have some football back. Apparently it's on Arsenal TV, but seeing as NTL are a shower of cunts over here, we don't have Arsenal TV. Even though I've subscribed to the Satanta Sports Pack, I don't have Arsenal TV on my NTL. So NTL, come on, sort it out, bastards. No doubt there'll be some highlights floating around on the web afterwards, so I'll just have to make do with those. Uh, still to come, the shirt thing. I'll explain all after a tale of the unexpected. Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Ozblog Ozcast. Hello, my name is George. And I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. 
this week I really didn't do very much at all. I didn't much feel like going around the place and borrowing things that people don't want me to borrow. It's a bit of a pain sometimes. So I stayed in, you know, with the sister wife and the kids and all. A bit of old quiet family time, you know. Then the daughter came in and she says, Daddy, one of the courts is after having a baby goat and it's all mutant and disgusting. And I says to her, that's because the two goats are from the same family and when they have babies together, they come out all wrong. They're an abomination of God's holy law. Now run along outside and play and tuck that tail back into your dress. Anyway, I was sitting there watching bare-knuckle fighting videos when there was a knock on the door and I went out and it was the TV license inspector. Hello, he says. I'm the TV license inspector. So I says, I suppose you're here to inspect me TV license. Is that it? And he said, you're right. So I says, you better come in. I just have it here in the drawer. So I stood there for a while while I rummaged around in the drawer. Except I didn't have a TV license in there. I had a cutlass and I sliced him up good. That was unexpected. To him. So another tale of the unexpected on next week's Arscast. Uh, the football is back tomorrow. I can't believe it. It's making me feel all warm and tingly inside. My heart is all good and gooey. And although that could be just the rum that I'm drinking at the moment. But, you know, even though I won't see the game uh, tomorrow, just knowing it's on makes me feel better. I, you know, we're nearly there. New season. Come on. I love the start of the season. It's brilliant. So much hope and expectation. I think we're going to win the league next year. Definitely. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Now, last week we ran a competition to give away a brand new home shirt, courtesy of Nike. Uh, Nike contacted me, you know, via a third party, the middleman, you know, the guy in the middle, the one who does all the wheeling, dealing and all that sort of stuff, and said, we're very sorry, we won't be giving you a home shirt after all. Okay, then. That's what I thought, well, fine. Instead, they're giving us the brand new away shirt to give away. It'll be a little bit delayed in getting out to the winner, but I think it's even better than the home shirt. Uh, it's brilliant. I mean, compare, in fairness, last year, white white kit. <clears throat> this year, like an Anfield 89 sort of replica homage. Is that the word we're looking for? Whatever it is, it looks fucking smart. And I'm definitely going to get one myself. Uh, So the winner of the competition is going to get the brand new Away shirt. Uh, Possibly before anyone else. I think it's out on August the 1st or something. So it should be with the winner before then or on that date, more or less. The question was, who wore number 14 before Thierry Henry? The answer was, of course... Martin Keown. So well done to everybody who got the answer right. Uh, thank you for all your emails. The random number generator is going to do its thing. Hello. 
And the winner is Brian Dawes. Well done to you, Brian. I'll be in touch uh, to get your details and all that kind of stuff. And we got that shirt sent out to you. Thank you very much to Nike for providing the prize. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have more competitions to come very soon on Arsblog and on the Arscast as well. Don't forget the London Masters is on this weekend. You know the six-a-side tournament thing. It's on at Wembley Arena. Uh, Arsenal got a team there. Ray Parler is the captain of the team. So if you're doing nothing, why not pop along? It's football, isn't it? If you're not going to Barnet and you don't have Arsenal TV, well, then what else should you be doing? So uh, knock along to that. It's on the, uh, the 19th, which is, of course, uh, tomorrow. That's Saturday, the 19th. Of what month it is? July 2000, what year is it? 2008. Yeah. All right, then. Well, listen, that's about it for this week's Arsecast. We will have another Arsecast, of course, next Friday. So until then, take it easy. Have a very good weekend. Have a football-filled weekend, an Arsenal football-filled weekend. And I'll talk to you all next week on the blog. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Hello, Alex. This is Emmanuel Adibayor. Uh, just forget to say hello, of course. Wishing you all the best in Barcelona. Hope everything going okay for you there. Hope the removal going well. And of course, you know, if you want to say something to Juan Laporte or Guardiola or somebody that know me out there, if they want to sign me, then, you know, I'm very open to this thing. And possibly, you know, Alex, put in a good word for me, man. Come on, I'm after screwing myself here at Arsenal. I'm after saying a load of stuff that's gonna make me look like a complete another chump. Oh my god, so you better say something to the guys, come on man. We're buddies, me and you Alex, yeah, we can go drink at the absinthe, yeah. Please, say something. Oh, <laughs> please. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.